Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of that time here with us. Here's what we're going to do this morning. The BMW guest list looks like this. We are heavy with Mitch's. Uh, in the first hour of the program. Uh, Mitch Sherman covers Nebraska for The Athletic. He will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll do a little something on the NCAA, the news that broke yesterday. Um, as much as anything, I think the two bigger stories is who in the athletic department narked them out. Uh, and, and then I guess the regents, uh, the higher-ups, had no idea uh, of this pending investigation. So Mitch Sherman on that, on the Big Ten West, etc. And he was part of the roundtable panel uh, of uh, Big Ten writers at The Athletic who opined on the conference that they cover. That posted yesterday. The Big 12s is up today at uh, my favorite destination, other than the local Des Moines Register, etc., national one, theathletic.com. So Mitch Sherman at 1030. Mitch Holtis will not be with us. He's got an event with uh, season ticket holders. Uh, their fan day today, uh, It's not that's not what it's called, but it's uh, one of those events, um, season ticket holder uh, events that, you know, normally there's some interaction with the players, but in the, the COVID world that we live in, Mitch will introduce them, getting them off the bus. They'll wave to the fans, get back on the bus, and that'll be it. But anyways, he can't join us live today uh, as they travel to take on Arizona tomorrow. So we've got a recorded piece uh, with Mitch uh, both today and tomorrow as he checks in with us. About 10.55 here today. At 11 o'clock, we will head north. Uh, John Shipley covers Minnesota sports. Uh, you may have read him in, uh, in his previous life at the Des Moines Register. We'll check in on the Vikings uh, with John Shipley. And then at 11.30, we will head to Las Vegas uh, and Derek Stevens, who owns Circa, amongst other things. He's got a couple of massive contests that he's offering up that sadly, uh, at least to begin with, you have to be in Nevada to register. Now you can participate via proxy. But he put up a lot of his own money, $10 million of his own money. Mm-hmm. And there's no rake on this. So what we're referring to is there's the, the Super Contest is picking five games every week. And the Survivor Contest, of course, is like a survivor pool that most of you have participated in, where you um, try and pick one winner every week. And it's winner take all once you get to the end of it. And and the beauty of these contests for the betters or the players, if, if um, Circa doesn't get the requisite number of players for... Uh, Derek Stevens to break even. He throws his own money into the pool, and he's upside down right now in a big, big way. Uh, As we've said many times over the past few weeks, if you're headed to Vegas, uh, like many of you, I'm assuming, I was a strip snob for the longest time till I tasted downtown, before Circa was there uh, for the first time, and it was late in my Vegas back and forth before I finally... You know, went down there and I was, what the hell have I been missing? What took me so long? It's and is better now with with Circa being there. What's your second favorite book? I oh. got to think Circa was your oh, it's, it's it's taken over, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. It, it's just it's awe inspiring. It it's it's in a league of its own. Quite honestly, it it is jaw dropping. And honestly, 
I haven't been to enough mm-hmm. to gamble on sports to really have an affinity to one or the other. It's okay. kind of where I am. Right. I, I don't. <laughs> this is your favorite for this weekend. Right. This is where you're staying. Yeah. Because we're we're different as it pertains to Vegas. You you like to sit in the book and watch games and, and Drink do that beer and watch people and yeah. that's what you do. Yep. And you go over to the horse book and you'll do that. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm at the craps table. Yeah. And I'm going out and I'm finding beers and I'm doing some different things and I'm bouncing around. So. Our activities are much different when we're in mm-hmm. Vegas, and because of that, you know, oh, all right, I'm on the strip, and oh, crap, it's 3 o'clock. The game started at 4. got to get over and get a bed in. That's different for me, and yep. because of that, yeah, I, the one that I've spent the most time in is, of course, with Chris Andrews. That's South, South Point. Point. South Point's great. Yeah. South, that was my first time staying there. I, I, I was... Uh, I was not mildly surprised. I are surprised rather. I was totally surprised. I didn't know what to expect, um, and it was great. It was it was it was fantastic. Look, there's so many. I love the Mirage. Uh, I'm a fan of the Venetian. I like the Wynn, the Cosmopolitan, the Mandalay Bay. I'll probably spend as much time in there as any. Red Rocks, if you're getting way out of town in Summerlin, uh, if you want to stay out on the um, I don't know what side of town that would be. I think it would be west. Yeah, it would be the western part of town. Maybe it'd be easier to ask you, Ken, what sports book do you not you like? You know what, Trent? That's a great question. Um, Is there one that jumps to your mind like, oh, that's just terrible? You know what? <sighs> New York, New York, maybe just because yeah. it's small. I don't know. They're all great. They're right. all, they all have their little um, positives and negatives. But anyways, the, the king is Circa, and we will talk to the owner, uh, Derek Stevens, coming up here at 11.30 and look forward to that. But you can, again, you can still play and you can get a proxy. Mm-hmm. It's $1,000. So if you bet $75, not even, 60 bucks a week, that's essentially what you're gambling over a 17-week period. What is the relationship with proxies? What's their take? Do you have to win for them to share? No, you have to pay them up front. You, so you pay them up front. I want to say it's... To do all your betting for you. Right. And you know who does this for a living? And I think she probably makes a lot of bank for doing Kelly in Vegas, mm-hmm. who a lot of guys follow. She's a K-State grad. Yep. She was hired at ESPN. Then they went back in her Twitter feed, and that didn't. she never got on the air, I don't think. I think you're right, yeah. Um, but she's still, she was the, she's pioneering this, the first woman to really, um, you know, make her mark in a, what was up until then a man's world of sports betting. Yeah, if you're interested, you're heading out to Vegas here before the NFL season. You want to get involved in either of these contests that they have. You set up a proxy. You can either meet with them while you're in Vegas. And where do you find them? Just Google Vegas proxy, and it'll pop right up. Mm -hmm. And there's dozens of them Mm -hmm. that you can choose from. I know Circa's connected with a couple, a couple that are, quote-unquote, their guys. For their contest. and But you have to go once in person. Yes. They need to see the whites of your eyes. They need to see your ID. Yep. You need to sign up, and then you do it once, and you you know your proxy places your makes your place for you. And you're not betting every week. You're picking. Right. You're picking five games. It's as simple as that. You're in the, the regular contest, if you will. Five games at Ken's the point spread. The other part that's always crazy about this contest, and I love hearing about throughout the course of the season, and you know, the David Purdoms of the world, mm-hmm. they'll be writing about it. People that do gambling podcasts talk about this contest every year, is the point spreads come out on Wednesday, and they're locked. Yep. So it doesn't matter right. if there's an injury. It right. doesn't matter yep. if there's a COVID case. That point spread, the Bengals are getting seven and a half. They're still, still getting seven and a half, and Joe mm-hmm. Burrow's not playing <laughs> on Sunday, even as that point Yeesh. spread moves to ten and a half. Yeah. It locks when that happens, and that leads to another thing that I think is interesting is people looking at the Survivor Contest. And it's not just about, obviously, picking who you think is going to win that week and moving on, but when it gets towards the end, and you also have to make a bet 
on Thanksgiving. Yes. That's another caveat yep. that I think some people maybe miss. Well, and you're skimming Chris, through the rules. If there's a yeah, they they go Thursday through Saturday games. Mm-hmm. So if there's a game on Saturday, I don't know what day Christmas is. I mean, I'm it's 25th. I get that. But what day of the week it is? So yeah, there's um, yeah. Read the rules, but again, if you're interested in doing that, you have to go to Vegas before week one, before the Thursday night football. Sign up and then get your proxy and, and participate all year long. Now the good news is, at least we think, um, look for one of these next year in, in our wonderful state that mm-hmm. we call home. Um, I would be shocked if there's not something similar that happens along those lines when Circa gets here. In advance, well, they'll be, they won't make it in time for Week One of the NFL season. That I believe is a given, right? That's right. now public that they yep. won't, but they will get here sometime in the month of September. Maybe Derek Stevens can uh, shed some more light on that. I'm just excited for them to come. And boy, Wild Rose has three absolute behemoths with DraftKings, with Bet Rivers, and then with Circa joining the fray as they use their skins. Uh, any more on gambling? You want to move on to what we watched last night? I know that we both were watching the White Sox games. We were texting back and forth during it. Um, Lance Lynn's got a. I mean, I love Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. They hurt his. They're not hurt his team. They have a ten game lead. I get right, that. Right. Um, but they're still fighting for yes, home field, right? And that, and he's a, he's a hothead. He's a White Sox. Mm-hmm. He's he, that's the style. But throwing the belt out of the dugout. Look, it's the rules. And nobody. If you guess if you're a pitcher, you some depending on your makeup, just do what you're told. Show them your glove. Show them your hat. If you're asked to see your belt, you you do as the umpires request you to do. They're not picking on you, right? They're doing yeah. this to every pitcher, exactly. And you know, Lynn got a little crossways and. He he put his if you if you saw it and nobody saw it live because we were in commercial break. Um, comes back and he's walking into the dugout. He takes his glove off. He takes his hat up. Puts it on a little ledge there by the uh, as he starts walking down the stairs into the dugout. And the umpire asks to see his belt. He takes his belt off and he throws it at him or out of the dugout. Mm-hmm. That's going to get you tossed every time. I'm surprised that there's the blowback of, ah, eh, should he? No, that's, you can't show an umpire up. And that's what was happening. His explanation afterwards, though, I kind of bought. See, I didn't see it. I saw, I, I saw it on Twitter. I didn't click on What did he say? This is what he said. I was coming off the mound, and he was late getting over, talking about the third base umpire that was the one that asked to see his belt. So I left my glove and my hat. And then when I was going down was to the dugout... step behind him. This is what he said. When I was going down to the dugout to try yeah. to see the trainer, because he needs... Uh, he yells at me, he needs to see my belt. So he's going down the dugout. Yeah. I kind of get it. I, I gave him my glove. I gave him my hat. All right. I'm going down. I want to ask the trainer something, whatever it is. Here's my belt. Fine. You know? It, Mm, take a step and pass it to him. He threw it to oh, him. You're a big him. boy. These umpires. Well, these, uh, yeah. Showing up an umpire. Do your job. The yeah. showing up of an umpire, that whole conversation, it drives me crazy sometimes. Yes, don't be an a-hole. I, I get that part of it. But I thought Lance Lynn was an a-hole. I didn't think so. <laughs> I, this explanation, yeah, here's my belt, fine. He didn't throw it at him. He threw it. He didn't throw it at him, though. He didn't wind up and chuck it at him and come with a crow hop and belt it in at 95 miles an hour. He tossed it at him. He tossed it at him. No, I think it's worthy of an ejection. I'm glad he kicked him out. I'd suspend him. Mr. Umpire over there. (laughs) You love umpires all of a sudden. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, well, I do. For a guy that I don't. You hate home plate umpires. Yes. That is what you hate. Everybody else is fine. But home plate umpires and you. 
Draw your ire more than anything. Yeah, just if it's a strike, call it a damn strike. If it's not, don't. Pretty simple. Uh, anyways, uh, but the game itself, I mean, uh, Liam Hendricks for the second straight night. Mm-hmm. He, did you see who he's crediting? How about this? Mm-mm, no. Who he's crediting for this turn? Because a week ago, tonight, right? Thursday, yeah, Field of Dreams. Right. Uh, he was awful, and he he'd was. been not good up until that point. You know who's crediting for turning this around? His wife. His wife said, you're tipping your pitches. Wow. How about that? So nobody in the scouting staff, no, not a pitching no, coach. No, no, not no, old veteran Tony no. La Russa. Nope. Wifey at home. Not the catcher. Nope. It's his wife watching the games. She's got to figure it out. Awesome. I love that. I do, too. How about him coming into the eighth, though? And Yeah. Again, we've talked about the White Sox a lot, about helping everybody out, because mm-hmm. you're going to be playing in October. Mm-hmm. It's a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Keeping those innings down, doing those type of things. Well, now I didn't hear why was Kimball just uh, he was getting the night off apparently. I guess, yeah, because he pitched the night before. He did, right? Yeah. That's the reason for it. But it just a surprise to see that with the uh-huh. bullpen that they have, that you're going in and getting five outs. That's a fun team, Trent. I like watching this team as much as I hate the quote unquote team, mm-hmm. the White Sox, the brand, because mm-hmm. it's a rival of the team that I cheer for. Sure, the actual players inside that team. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, no, they're good. Can they win it all? Yes. I think so, too. If the 2005 team can win it all, yeah, this really. team certainly Yeah, no, this all. is a better team. I, yes. I agree with you. This More is talented. A, this is a better team. Yep. Um, I can't argue with that. Anyways, uh, so White Sox were fun last night. Your Twins, boy, they're playing the best of the season. <laughs> it's you know? crazy. It really is. They're going to finish on a high note. Even, uh, so, fantasy baseball, I pick up, had to move some sh- roster shuffling around. Need a new closer. Not a whole lot on the waiver wire, but Alex Colomay, he was there. Yeah. Five for his last five. Got him yesterday, his first start for Cobra Kai. And what does he do? Promptly blows. <laughs> Speaking the lead of first again. starts, uh, Jake Arietta. I mean, what, this is how desperate the San Diego Padres apparently are. The under hit. Did it hit? Yeah, it was fourteen. What was the what was the what did it end up? It was only seven five. Is that right? Only seven five. Well, it's because Arietta, air quote, got injured again. Uh huh. The hamstring for poor Jake Arietta. That's got to be it, right? I mean, this guy could just stop embarrassing yourself. They need innings, though. I guess, but is that the best you can come up with? Is yep. this is this guy? They're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh my god! Now there's not some guy that's sitting. In minor leagues right now, oh yeah, he's going to be able to help they, us. They must have no one left with all the wheeling and dealing that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, is there no one in the system that they that can? That I mean, the bar Arietta's not setting the bar real high. Well, in the old days too, before the change in the trade deadline, you could grab somebody. Yeah, they'd be August. fine right now. Yeah. There, there'd be somebody going through waivers, yeah. the waiver process. They'd be able to claim mm-hmm. them. They'd sign them. And though they wouldn't be able to be part of the playoff roster, that's not what they're looking for right now. They're looking for a number 5 starter. They'd be able to do that, and I miss it. I yeah. miss this August waiver wire. I do, too. Wasn't there a big name that went through it? Semi-random. Oh, Probably. there's there's been a bunch of big names that have right. gone through it. I mean, essentially, everybody's put on waivers, they and are, then yes. you, what, what, you, are they going to meet our price? And, you know, the September call-ups, too, there's only two. You're only allowed two September call-ups. Yeah, it's not going to be the no. 40 guys in the dugout. I, I'm like squatting on that domain, as I've told you before, septembercallup.com. I thought, that, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but... It's going to be returned is what it's going to be, because that's going to get me nowhere. Uh, anyways, uh, fun night of baseball last night. It was. It was uh, the, the White Sox are a fun team to watch. 
Uh, the Yankees are a fun team to watch. I know people, we don't like the Yankees because they're the Yankees after all, but man, are they playing well. Boston, on the other hand, going the wrong way. A's likewise. Blue Jays, look at You can't lose back-to-back games to the Washington Nationals and consider yourself a playoff contender. Just can't happen. Um, they're circling the drain, going the wrong way, which is, no oh well. <laughs> give me a run for my, give me a little bit of a cheap thrill. Got me to almost the end of August yes. before my team is tanked. And the future is good. I think so, too. You're I th- in good I think shape so there. Too. Uh, Kimbrell had a death in the family. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it was. Caller just helped us out there. Appreciate oh, that. Oh, okay. And that's why he wasn't available last night. So tighten gotcha. up that bullpen a little mm-hmm. bit. And So Kimbrell probably, did they play today or are they off today? I thought it was a four-gamer against them. Let's see. Today is Thursday all day. White Sox. Yeah, it is a four-gamer. Yeah. That'll be a 110 And it's this afternoon, right? Dylan Cease going up against Cole Irvin for it. Well, the Chicago White Sox are the baseball story in the Windy City, and it's not even close. Uh, did you have a chance to see the uh, read the Athletic, the Big 12 piece? On um, on some of the you know the roundtable with their experts. Not yet. I saw Max Olson was a part of yeah, it. Yeah, Max Olson was about the only one that um, you know brought Iowa State into the conversation. I get it. The big story is Oklahoma and Texas. Mm-hmm. It's the big story uh, in in that conference. I don't think it's the and we're going to talk to Bama Bob tomorrow. And I I haven't let you know what I want to put on the table, but I want to talk about conference games, the mm. best conference games. You know what the conference game in the Big Twelve I'm looking most forward to? What would you be? Where would you be? Iowa State, Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma. I think that's probably going to be the answer. I'm going to go a different direction. Different direction. Uh huh. What do you have? Bedlam. Last game of the year this yes. year. That's going to be dicey. Perhaps. Because I think at that point, we will know. They're not playing in the Big 12 next year. I don't think they are either, Trent. And that's the reason I'm going to elevate that game as my, look, I'm going to watch a lot. But if you could only watch one. Mm -hmm. I think Bedlam, it's in Stillwater, the hatred that will be on full display. Um, Yeah, there's going to be a lot of extra precautions, I would think, taken before that football game. Look, the the Red River rivalry. You know, I mean, it's it's every year. But I get they're it. they're married, right? Yes, that doesn't have. They're going this, to the wedding together. Precisely, that doesn't have the same cachet. Now, I think the biggest game potentially is the one you talked about: is Oklahoma and Iowa State, uh, for the fact that um, I think Max Olson picked Iowa State to win the Big Twelve. Did he? I think everybody was on Oklahoma. Well, let me see. I got it right in front of me. I don't want to spoil it for those folks that are subscribers. Uh, to the athletic. It's not like it's a movie. Yeah, that's true, right? Uh, Olsen, who's going to win the conference championship? I'm wrong. Olsen picked Oklahoma. Uh, somebody picked Iowa State. Okay. Who's Con? K A H. James Con. James Con. Who's he cover? I don't know. I don't James even Con's know if it's James. Not, no, James Con's an actor. He's C A A N. Sam Con. Sam Con. Sam Con Jr. The good guy, Sam Con. One of our favorites, right. Sam Con. Uh, he's got Iowa State winning it anyways. It's in my bookmark, so that is uh, part of the reading going forward. Right. Same thing. I started the Big Ten roundtable. Oh, it's good. Didn't even get all the way through Didn't it. Didn't you? Yeah. It's good. Read a lot of what Mitch had to say, though, since uh-huh. we have him coming up here at yep. 1030. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's, look, at the Athletic is... It's worth the buck. What 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 do you pay? What do I pay? Three ninety nine, something like that. Is it's there's so always worth sales it. going on? There really is. I mean, it's like kind of like Southwest or you know, or a car dealership, right? Miss one, well, wait a week. There'll be another sale of the century. Or um, Southwest got those forty nine dollar flights constantly. Yeah. Now they're never where you want to go. Oh, of course not. Or where you want to leave from. 
You can fly into beautiful mm-hmm. Bismarck. Uh, speaking of which, I think I'm flying into Las Vegas with the Cyclones. You are? I think so, yes. Wow. I've been asked to go, and I'm believing I'm going to take them up on that. So you're going to hit up Vegas. I'm going to. Again. Again. And I'm, I guess I wasn't surprised by this, but I'm responsible. You get your hotel, we'll pay for it, but you can stay where you want, I mm-hmm. think. Which is not what I want. You sure you want me to do this? Because I really, I can, oh, I see where you're right? going. I'm not staying at the Hampton Inn. Um, but you, you said I could stay where I want. Yeah, huh? You stay where you want. Um, so, anyways, I was looking on Vegas trying to find a oh, Trent. It's tough. And there's something else going on that weekend. I heart, I heart Music Awards. That's what it is. Yes, exactly right. So a busy time. I was out there a couple years ago for a wedding that happened to be that weekend. It was. Nuts. Is it? Yeah, just the amount of people, young people trying to get in clubs. Sorry, Ken, you're not going to be able to get into any clubs. Even if I go early? Eh, it's going to be tough where you're going to be paying a big cover charge. Is <laughs> I heart picking that up too? You know, yeah. Uh, of all the years I've ever gone to Las Vegas, I never once set foot in a club. I went there a lot as a youngster, as somebody yeah. in the early 20s. Uh-huh. I never set foot in a club. Uh-uh. I went to a couple bars. Oh, sure. That music. Dancing. I don't think I ever did that. But never a club. Right. I'm not exactly a club kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, nor am I. Not my scene. No. Bottle service? No. Yeah. no. I, I, I'll, I'll have a beer. A yeah, bottle of Grey Goose and it's, you know, the. 1800 bucks? It's, it's crazy. I'm good. And who drinks a bottle of vodka? Well. I mean, I know a lot of people do, but Jesus. I never understood it. Never have. But yeah, anyways, it's tough to find. Well, you can't find a room cheap anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just crazy, crazy money. Everything's over two hundred bucks. I tried to get in the South Point. So, are you going to come in? Are you going to do the show from there on Friday? No, I'm in the air on Friday. On I'm, go- Friday. I'm going gotcha. on a charter. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm going on a charter. I don't know how, but I don't know what I'm going to be asked to do. But I'm going to go. I mean, I get to go to Allegiant Stadium. I've seen mm-hmm. it since they started putting a shovel in the ground and, right. and to its completion. I've never been inside it, so I kind of want to see that. Um, Randy Peterson with an interesting article yes, speaking of that I today. saw that. Oh, today? Because he yes. had one yesterday, too. Uh, well, and it might be, I just saw it today, I guess I should say. But talking about going inside Allegiant for Iowa State fans heading out there, yeah. UNLV said this uh, to an email to the register. No changes at this point for UNLV games at Allegiant Stadium. For masks, you mean. After the Raiders' right. announcement. So the Raiders said you have to have a vaccination mm-hmm. to get in. Mm-hmm. No change for Allegiant. What that means is you will have to be masked inside the stadium. Yeah, because um, Clark County, I think it's a county, mm-hmm. but Polk County is to where we're sitting, Clark County is to Las Vegas. Um, and that's what's on my marriage certificate. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think it's a clear, because you, in the casinos right now, you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Now, not when you're walking up and down the strip or obviously right. eating and drinking. Uh, so I pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. I would think, you know, if, if you're going and man, oh man, the flights say that you are and the hotel rooms say that you are. There, even, uh, even that Omaha trick, I tried to tell people I looked like yeah. a week later. And it was. It had gone was, up like $250. Right. Yeah, the, the secret was out. Right. right. Cedar Rapids has always been. Not as nuts as Des Moines, mm-hmm. but pretty close. Kansas City was okay, but even that's bumped up, I saw. I, don't, I mean, if you're driving up to Minneapolis at that point, three from Ames, though, what, three hours? Maybe even yeah, 245 three, yeah, at the airport? probably three. Probably that's three. not too bad, I guess. Right? From my spot in northern north, northern Ankeny. <laughs> you know what? It's almost to that point where you get it. I mean, that's it's grown so much. I moved there in 96. I can't believe the difference. It's all cornfields. It, just, it, it was. 
Not anymore, my God. And now you got the other side of the interstate to start to develop. And it's it's coming. Mm-hmm. And all those plans that uh, we, there's going to be a hotel, uh, Costco. Um, yeah, I don't know when they're going to put the shovel in the ground, but uh, the space is there and that's going to be next. Anyways, it's 1025. We will take our first time out. We will head to Nebraska next. Max Olson covers the Husker. How big of a story is it? How's it going over? Max Olson covers the Big 12. Max Mitch Olson. Sherman. Mitch Sherman. Thank you. Because it's a back-to-back Mitch guest yes. hour. Mitch Sherman will join us, covers the Huskers uh, on the story from yesterday and the prospects for this year and the Big Ten West. We will pick his brain. Mitch Sherman next. Miller and Condon. It's 1025 on Des Moines Sports Station and 1460 KXNO. Over 21. L. Addison stuff. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you uh, here until noon. Mitch Holtis, who will not join us live today, got a previous commitment that will keep uh, him away. However, he's got a tape piece that we will get the latest, our daily report from Chiefs Training Camp. Mitch will be via tape today and tomorrow, not live with us. But where we lose... One Mitch, we gain another. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. He covers the Huskers, uh, and he joins us. Mitch Trent Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, guys. I am well. How are you? Doing well. So I'm guessing uh, your day kind of changed yesterday when the uh, but Brett McMurphy um, broke the news about the investigations. Look, the analyst thing, I'm guessing that this is the first time this has happened in college football. It's a bad look during a pandemic, however, to, you know, to bring the team together and to really flaunt uh, breaking the rules the way that they did. Now, I don't think it's, there's, there's going to be much punishment of anything. It's just a bad look overall. So that first... Um, I guess how did how, it seems like the information came from within the athletic department was Scott Frost turned in was he knocked out by a former coach how did that come about do you know that you know that's a great question and and it's really come up a lot here and you know in the last well, I'd say like the last 12 hours you know as as the dust has settled on this and and like the initial stories have been filed um, you know, a lot of people want to know, okay, where did this come from? And, and I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily believe it. I don't think it came from inside the athletic department. Look, there's lots of, um, there's lots of players as, as there are at any school who leave the program. And it's always possible that somebody could be upset or, you know, an, an old assistant coach could be upset. An old mm-hmm. employee could be upset. You know, I think with Brett McMurphy, um, a lot of the stories that he break breaks, um, you know, come more on the national from sources on the national level, and you know, he has connections for, for sure within NCAA enforcement circles. And I'm speculating here; I have no idea, but I wouldn't be surprised, as with a lot of the stories that, um, you know, that 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 come out um, in this way, uh, that it could have come from, um, you know, a national level source. Um, but there's always the possibility, yes, that there's somebody inside the department, a turncoat in the department, and then you have um, you have a problem if uh, if that's the case. Mitch uh, enjoyed reading through your article yesterday that you posted at the Athletic, and I, I think you put it very succinctly at the top: benefit of the doubt, it's gone. This is yeah. a conversation we've had so many times. Trev Alberts when he got the job, even before that, Bill Moose. How do you fire Scott Frost for what he meant on the football team to that football program? Seems like it becomes a lot easier now with this hanging over his head. Yeah, I mean, if you if if um, if Nebraska has a fourth consecutive losing season, 
uh, will be a fifth consecutive losing season, but a fourth under Frost. And there is the shadow of an NCAA investigation that I would think is unsettled by the by by the end of the season. I, these things don't go fast, and um, you know while this has been going on for some time, I, I still wouldn't think that there's going to be. Uh, a resolution before the end of the year, and and, and if there was, and, and Nebraska's you know found guilty of some minor uh, infractions, then then that is a strike against Frost too. I, I I think yeah, you hit it, Trent. It it makes it easier for Nebraska to move on mm-hmm. um, because there has been some breaking of the rules, no matter how minor those infractions might be. Um, it's just not a it's it's not the look that you want for your football program. I mean, if you are winning big and caught cheating, uh, <laughs> there's there's very little as far as the uh, you know the ramifications at long term and how they affect a coach or his program in today's sort of lawless NCAA environment. Um, but if you are cheating and you're still not winning, then uh, that's a different story. There's not a lot of forgiveness, as I wrote today. Um, for coaches in those situations. And I think even for somebody like Scott Frost, who has a lot on his side, um, if if this was the previous regime at Nebraska, well, it was. Three years of um, some failures and, um, and failing to live up to expectations, they were gone. Um, Frost is beyond three years, and he has his job because of uh, the promise that it's going to get better. There has been improvement in the program and you know, just looking at the players, um, you know, seeing the way that certain things are trending, um, but it hasn't equated to wins on the field. And there's, there's, there's more patience with him because he's got frost mm-hmm. and because you're coming out of a pan, well, you're still in a pandemic and you're coming out of a year where there were tremendous financial losses that makes it more difficult to have any kind of a, of a change like that. But it's certainly going to be discussed more. It's able to be discussed more and, and thought of as more of a, of, of a potential reality than it was um, 48 hours ago because of the knowledge that there's an investigation that's going on. And that knowledge, and Mitch Sherman is our guest, and this is the thing that jumped off your column to me yesterday, the fact that Trev Alberts was not made aware of it prior to being hired, and it even went further up the chain. The chancellor, Ronnie Green, apparently he didn't know about it, and some of the higher-ups didn't know about this. So Bill Moose must have, and did this, I mean, I'm trying to connect some dots here, I guess, Mitch. Well, I don't know. I, I, Trev Albert said yesterday that, that the investigation predates his arrival, which I can confirm. I'm, I'm, I, I have, am, am aware, um, yes, that it was going on before, well before uh, Trev came on board in July. Um, I am not suggesting that Ronnie Green, the chancellor at Nebraska, and Ted Carter, the system president of the, of the, of the five campuses, um, that they were unaware. I have a really, really hard time believing that Nebraska would be under investigation right. and that the chancellor wouldn't know about it. They knew about it. Um, so according to Trev yesterday, uh, you know, he, he didn't know until after he started on the job, which means they didn't tell him <laughs> in the interview process. And, you know, I had some pushback on, I, you know, I, I wrote that, that that's awkward. 
um, sitting here now and received some pushback that, you know, you don't tell a prospective job candidate about a, a lawsuit that your company's facing before they're hired. Or are you going to make the guy sign a non-disclosure agreement if you tell him that there's an NCA investigation going on before you bring him on board? And I get the technical aspect of that. And if you want to read this like like li- in, a, in a literal sense, yeah, okay. You, you, you know, you don't you don't tell everybody that the moment they fill out a job application that all the problems that your company has, but it's hard for me to to really come to grips with the situation where when this thing in in the process got to the point where it was going to be Trev Albers and you know they were they were they all they had to do was sign the contracts and come to the final terms. It's hard for me to 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 um to understand how at that point there wasn't some mention of an NCAA investigation, yeah. which is a pretty big deal. Right. Um, no, again, no matter how minor the potential infractions are, it's a big deal for, when it involves your football program. So that's weird. I, I just, um, uh, I, I guess, I guess it can happen, but it, it, um, you know, if I'm Trev Alberts, I'm, I'm kind of looking at, at the chancellor and going, Hey, maybe you could have mentioned this, you know, before, uh, before my first day. So, um, we'll, um, maybe have an opportunity to learn more about that timeline and how all of that went down um, later on. But right now it, it, uh, it strikes me as odd. Mitch, I thought a damning part of the article from McMurphy was at the end talking about, as we've mm-hmm. heard about, talked about, bandied about, Nebraska trying to get out of the Oklahoma game. Looked, at least from his reporting, it was Scott Frost more than anybody trying to get out of that game. Does that line up with what you've heard? Yeah, from day one. I mean, and we've reported that too. We've, mm-hmm. we've I've written about that months ago that, that this was not Bill Moose. Mm-hmm. This was this was entirely Scott Frost. Uh, Bill Moose. You know, this is part of Bill Moose's problem is he didn't know what was going on, <laughs> and it wasn't just in the Oklahoma situation uh, with the schedule back in March and beyond March. The report came out in March, um, and and that's when Nebraska said, "Okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stop doing that. We're we're going to play Oklahoma on September 18th." Um, but yeah, that that was that Bill. Bill took the took the bullet for uh, for Frost and the football program in that situation um, when he came out that day in March and, and said uh, what he did. Um, basically, apologized and and said we're putting this in the past and we're looking forward to the to the OU game in September. Um, but there was there was very little doubt at any point um, who was behind that. That you know Frost um, and his staff, uh, you know his his chief of staff. Um, who is now no longer with, with the program, um, were, were the ones who were pulling the strings on trying to manipulate the schedule. Uh, Mitch Sherman uh, from The Athletic is our guest. Well, let's get to the here and now and on the field uh, as we take a look at the schedule and the season uh, that lies ahead, thankfully, a week from Saturday for the Huskers. They get started as they head over to Champaign to take on Bielema's bunch and the uh, fighting Illini in what seems, at least from where we sit, pretty important game, certainly uh, for Nebraska. But uh, the Big Ten crew was through. I think that was one of their first stops and. Uh, although they didn't have the full-blown special like they normally do on the Big Ten Network, and I, for one, miss those greatly, uh, I did see uh, some of the video that they posted, and, and all of them felt that this is Scott Frost's best team. Now, you could say the bar hasn't been set real high, which was, would be fair, uh, but from what, from your perspective, does this look like things are trending towards, and the schedule's not easy, um, perhaps the best season in Frost's tenure at Nebraska? Yeah, um, it does, 
And, you know, I'll say that today. I would have said it yesterday before the um, news of the investigation came out. Um, I don't necessarily think that that has a huge impact on this team as it starts the season. If things start to go off the rails for Nebraska, um, then, yeah, it could because it, it would it would add pressure for, for everyone. Um, but sitting here right now, um, if, if Nebraska plays good football, um, that, then I think that can really fade into the background, at least until they get to the point where, you know, there are some, there's a resolution with that. And I would think that would come after the season. Um, so it is his best team. Um, w- when you look at them on the practice field, um, when you, when you stack up their size and their skill and their strength, um, they are more equipped right now to play, uh, in the Big Ten West and go toe to toe with the top teams in the Big Ten West than they've been in any of the three previous seasons. Um, problem for Nebraska is that they've really struggled to get out of their own way um, since, well, going way back, but I'll just, we'll just include the frost years. And there have been self-inflicted problems, turnovers at inopportune times, special teams, uh, woes. Um, and, and those things have, have, have bitten Nebraska regularly. Um, and, and we're seeing it on the field and off the field as the first part of our discussion uh, centered around. Can they stop that? Can they get out of their own way? Can they um, do the little things right? And there's been a lot of talk about that going back to the spring. I'll, 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 I'm willing to, to, to see. I'm, I've got an open mind. Um, you know, I hear all the talk about emphasis on special teams and taking care of the football. Um, if they can do those things, they should beat Illinois next week. If they don't do those things, they, it's, a, it's a very losable game. So, um, and it's a huge game, as you referenced, Ken. Uh, this will set the tone for the season. Any opener sets the tone for the season, but this being a division game, um, it's, uh, it's, it's just massive as Nebraska attempts to, uh, you know, get to, to be a winning, a winning team this year and get back to a bowl game for the first time in, in five seasons. There, there's that Oklahoma game that looms in week three, um, and Nebraska needs to be three and oh, um, with wins against Illinois. Fordham and Buffalo. Those the, the, those second and third wins uh, should should come somewhat easily if Nebraska can can win it next Saturday in Champaign. But that's going to be um, that's going to be a challenge. Um, as bad as as some people might expect Illinois to be in the first year under Bielema, they've got experience and their strength is going to be at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. So um, will Nebraska be up to the task? We uh, you know it's it's. Uh, it's a pressing question and one I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, mm. to getting an answer to next week. Really like the front seven defensively. I think they got a great chance there. We've seen the improvements that they have been making on that side of the football. We know about Martinez. He's got to take a step forward. Not just completion percentage was good last year. And everything else mm-hmm. was pretty iffy. But the skill positions. You know, when Wandale Robinson left, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Just, they, they're not going to... I know they're really excited about those skill position guys. They're new names and steps coming in from USC. Mm-hmm. They got the Montana transfer out of wide receiver. I know they're new names, but Oliver Martin. It feels like there's more buzz with those skill position guys than we've heard in a while too. Is that fair? Yeah, it's a different different kind of receiver group than what Nebraska had last year, where you had Robinson, who was five foot ten, and I mean he's a dynamic player, and he did a lot for Nebraska mm-hmm. in his two seasons, and and um, Nebraska. Just lost him. Boom. Just like that. No, no. Gone. 
Uh, Mitch, we've lost you. If you can hear us, uh, we cannot hear you. I uh, appreciate you doing this for us. We'll just go to break and uh, thank you for uh, for chiming in. Uh, you're 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 on board with the bull team. They're bull team. Yep. I don't know saying. if I can go north of six. I can't go north of seven. How about that? So six and a half is the over and under, Trent Condon. What are you going to do? Bet your money. Step right up. I'm going to keep it in my pocket because yeah. I think that is the perfect number. That's what it is at the Condon Casino, six mm-hmm. and a half. Mm-hmm. They got that number right. Well, Mitch is absolutely right. They better be three and oh. Yes. They better yeah. be three and oh before they go to Oklahoma and to Michigan State. You know, there's some Sparty love out there that they're <laughs> not going to be as bad. I don't see it. I'm not sure either. I'm not a Mel Tucker guy. Yeah, jury's out. Jury's out. I saw him coordinate a defense with the Bears that. Yeah, didn't well, exactly. He's had Colorado going in the right direction, though. Yeah, they're okay. Limitations offensively. Mm-hmm. Rocky Lombardi now is at Northern Illinois, getting his mail into Cal. Yeah, for his final season. I hope he has a good final season. I do too. Well, we will come back with Mitch Holtis. He's on tape today. He is not live today or tomorrow, but we do have some sound from the voice of the Chiefs for you, Chiefs fan. We promise you, Mitch Holtis, every day throughout the month of August, we're going to deliver. I think, right? Think. I believe so. Yes. Uh, it's up to Mitch. <laughs> so far, so good. Papa John's Central Eye with the Donaldsons. They make that possible. We will take our final time out of our number one. We'll head to the Twin Cities. John Shipley covers sports up there in the Twin Cities. We'll do some Vikings with John Shipley. Uh, and then the owner of Circa, Derek Stevens, joins Trent and I at 1130. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Karen Ames. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Appreciate you being with us. Well, Mitch Holtis isn't today or tomorrow. He's uh, other duties, Chiefs duties. One of the flying to Arizona to call the game tomorrow, but there's a season ticket holder event that will pre- prevent him from joining us live. But he sent some tape. Here's Mitch Holtis's training camp report for Thursday. Okay, it's been a crazy and eventful week. Today was the annual Chiefs kickoff luncheon, where for the 27th time, Last year, because of COVID, there was no kickoff luncheon, as this is my 28th year, but I got to introduce the Chiefs team publicly in front of a cheering crowd. However, this year, to be in full COVID prevention mode, the players got off the bus, they were introduced, and put right back on the bus. And now we're off to Arizona to play the Cardinals tomorrow night. I'm featuring the rookies this week who are designed to be impactful right out of the gate for the Chiefs in 2021. Truly, one of those rookies who struggled in last week's game against the 49ers was tight end Noah Gray. Now, Gray's very skilled. He needs to be successful, at the least, to try to take some heat off Chiefs tight end star Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's really exciting to be a part of an offense that utilizes tight ends in, in many different ways. Uh, I'm still learning, though, and I'm still watching Kelsey, and I'm still trying to you know, be the best possible teammate and player that I can be, and it's a day-by-day thing. You know, I mean, It's not going to be perfect every practice, but that's why we come out and practice um, and trying to learn the different you know, intricacies within routes that Kelsey is able to do and then try to put my strengths on it. Um, that's something that's important. I just really credit a lot of the other guys in the room for helping me kind of get to that point. Gray actually dropped a pass that led to an interception and a 49er field goal. Gray was also targeted against the San Francisco 49ers one more time and didn't catch that ball either. It would be good to see him rally tomorrow night and have a good game against a very talented Arizona defense. Let's hope Gray bounces back with a good game tomorrow night and the Chiefs can go 2-0 on the preseason. Headed to the plane 
and on to Arizona. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. All right. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Papa John's uh, here in Central Iowa uh, sponsors those segments. Well, it uh, wouldn't break my heart at all if there's a receiver that can't catch for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I think I speak for all Raiders and Chargers fans uh, in that division. So Mitch called him Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Gray called him Kels, which I'm guessing is what they call him as a nickname, right? Could be. Um, and you Ke- asked Mitch Holtis that question. And he we, both, we both noticed afterwards yeah. there was a non-response there. Yeah. Is he trying to still hammer that out? I don't know. Because Kelsey's such a goober. I mean, he's just a goofy guy. Yes. Is, was it? I think that's Because it came was. out in like playing June. with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's messing around. Oh, no, it's actually Kels. Yeah. Okay. And mm. for as long as you've been in the league, now you're telling us for the first time? Well, and somebody asked his brother, who obviously an NFL yeah, player. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. And he said, no, it's Kelsey. <laughs> Is that what he said? Now, I think what Travis said was that on his dad's side, there's a part of the family that goes by Kells. Oh. You can believe that. Well, what do you want to be called, Travis? Let us know. Well, and that's like my neck of the woods. There are Myers, M-E-Y-E-R. Uh-huh. Yet a portion of the family pronounces it Mayer. The other part pronounces it Meyer. They're all the same family. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if a couple of brothers didn't like each other. I'm going to start calling my, myself Mayor. I don't know what it was. Who knows? Could be the same thing here with Kels versus Kelsey. Regardless, good luck to NFL. As a broadcaster, you know this. You want to get the names right. Sure. You want to have pronunciations right. Now, you had names of horses a little yeah, bit Yeah, but I used to get mail if I called them wrong. Oh, I could imagine. They people be that upset. actually had to use mail because there was no other way to get a hold of it. I get emails. Pronounce my kid's name wrong. Uh-huh. Grandson, granddaughter, whatever it is, you get those. You want to get it right. This one, though, has got to be difficult. And I mean, does it doesn't I would think at this point at training camp we would know. Yes. Yeah. He's he was playing with us. He's playing with us. Uh there is some good news for the Bears, and your Bears uh, are going to have your quarterback back on Saturday. Justin Fields practice today. Good. And he's on schedule to play on Saturday. Now, Dalton's going to see more playing time. He's they're, they're going to give him more snaps as the starter. That's still the plan. They're sticking to it, at least for now. Dalton's a starter. Yep. Dalton will be the starter. And I want Dalton to be the starter more than anything because that offensive line is yeah in trouble. Right. You want your franchise, your no. future, running around there from the get-go? Getting the crap kicked out of him? No. I go back to the older car. Yes. Who's, by the way, on the NFL Network and is doing a really Really? nice job. Yes. But you look at his beginning of his career. I still think the tools were there for Mm -hmm. him to be a good NFL quarterback. I'm with you. But he got murdered Mm -hmm. back there in a figure. Look at Troy Aikman in his first year. But they built an offensive line around him. That never happened for Carr in Uh Houston. And he was gun-shy afterwards. You don't want that to happen with Fields. And the tackle position for the Bears, woof. So you're sacrificing <laughs> Andy Dalton. That's the red a, rifle, sorry. Absolutely. Yep, get in there till we get our guys back, and then you can stand over here and watch the game with us. Uh, hour two coming up. We will head north to the Twin Cities. John Shipley will join us at 11.05, get the latest on the Minnesota Vikings. Bottom of the hour, Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa. We'll talk about the two massive contests they have going on there, how you can participate, but you have to go there at least once. Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.